0: Support for this episode comes from Venture Noir. Venture Noir's mission is to unify family foundations, nonprofit organizations, and venture capital by creating a sustainable economic impact ecosystem. With programs like In the Black and Dare to Venture, they're working to reduce the wealth gap in the U.S. Learn more at VentureNoir.org. Support for this episode comes from High Ground Hairspace. High Ground Hairspace features a new approach to hair and human care that includes gender free pricing and a focus on sustainability. Find them on Instagram at High Ground Hairspace to see their work. Book an appointment and learn more about their mission. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Emma Willis. Thank you all for joining me today on Raising a CEO. The podcast explores the idea that great leaders aren't born, instead they're grown. We're going to have some amazing folks dropping in to share their experiences so we can learn more about what it takes to successfully lead an organization. In this season, we start with the idea of the infancy stage of becoming a CEO. Hey guys, today... It's almost like having family on the show. I have the benefit of talking to a dear friend, Keenan Beasley. Keenan is the founder and CEO of Infinite Looks Incorporated, an emerging textured hair care company whose most recent product, Sunday to Sunday, has been featured in Cosmopolitan, Forbes, and Entertainment Tonight. Full disclosure, Keenan is also the chairman and executive director of Venture Noir, an organization I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. So, guys, it's my boss. The, uh, no. the... <laughs> So I have the pleasure of uh, interviewing one of my favorite people. Keenan Beasley is known for many things and very well known around the U.S. for his serial entrepreneurship, his drive, his ambition, and for just coming up with some of the the best damn ideas that I've ever heard. At least I'm crazy enough to go along for a couple of them. And I just thought it would be great to share his CEO journey here today on raising a CEO because I think Keenan brings to life a really important tale of what it is to endure, persevere, and really show improved leadership in his day-to-day walk. There's not too many people I can say that about. So Keenan, I'm giving you your flowers today. We probably won't talk about this again. 'Cause you know how I am. So this is recorded,
1: uh, so I can save it's, this. This Yeah, you can true. play it back. You thank can play you. it back I, in front of me. I, I but will. uh <laughs> go to sleep to this every night. Perfect.
0: <laughs> so what I want to start out with is honestly, Keenan, just give us an intro of who you are and how you got here today. And then we'll just roll with the conversation.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh look, you know, Keenan Beasley, uh, as you said, so thank you Emma for having me on. I think I'm a I'm a CEO in training you know I don't I don't think you ever master it so i'm I'm continuing to learn and I'm enjoying the ride and obviously I have a pleasure to be able to learn from folks like you and and others so it's definitely helping but you know in general i'm I'm a serial entrepreneur but I think I'm a marketer by trade and really what that means is is I'm a lifelong servant right i've I've learned and appreciate service mm-hmm. and that means serving the greater need of of the public whether that be through products um, ideas you know traditional services or or now, even, you know, with our nonprofit venture noir, which is, is completely focused on, you know, improving black business health. And that mm-hmm. ties directly into my passion as an individual, which is, you know, really trying to level the playing field, right? And, and what I call normalize black excellence. But in order to normalize black excellence, right, we have to be able to achieve it at scale and mm-hmm. show that, you know, and, and I think the way that we can demonstrate that is actually through closing the wealth gap and, and showing, you know, um, and minimizing the impact of income inequality—that I think we're doing.
0: First of all, I don't know how that was so pristine and such a great delivery. I I wouldn't have ever scripted that for anybody, but great, great job on that. I think everybody captured your vision on that, that last statement, and I'm gonna keep bothering you this whole interview because I know you. So, Keenan, <laughs> all of the whole series is, or at least the season is about the infancy of being a CEO and those tough lessons we learn. You've been a CEO now, how many years?
2: Uh,
1: Eight years or so.
0: Okay. Still new. And talk to us a little bit about the number of companies you hold the title CEO for.
1: I think currently now four. Okay. Um, But there's a lot of synergies um, within that. So, you know, I, I like to say kind of two. I try to consolidate everything and say there's two vehicles. So I think there's one is my My nonprofit hat that I wear, Mm -hmm. and then the other on my for profit side, which is all around building consumer products. So I'll call it two for now.
0: Okay. So, in these two roles as CEO, talk to me about what it has taken for you to arrive to this point where you feel confident, and maybe you don't. So, I may be projecting what I think about you onto you, but talk to me a little bit about this journey and what it meant day one when you took on the title of CEO.
1: You know, I think for me, what has given me the confidence is actually it comes through humility, right? So I learned very early on that my job was to create a vision that was so big that it required help. Mm. And so it requires the help, the support, the leadership across the organizations, both internally and externally. And I think in that, it makes you incredibly humble because, you know, you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. So day one, when I look at the role of a CEO, Again, I'm trying to figure out how I can better serve the organization and alleviate roadblocks. So sometimes that looks like motivation. Sometimes that looks like clarity, right, Mm -hmm. in the vision. And sometimes it looks like going after resources that are needed to allow people to perform better.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are some really amazing lessons to learn. And pretty early on, do you think any of these lessons came to you by way of maybe your educational experience? playing organized sports talk to me about how those things have influenced your ability to lead these teams
1: i think there are three key things that i probably can think on and and three clearly is a theme now i think i've named now three in every question you've asked but you know one for sure is football right football is is a team sport everyone has a clear role but you know you you're, you're relying on on the people to your left and your right right in front of you and behind you to make sure that that play goes uh, you know as well as it's supposed to so football definitely helped from a, a service standpoint, give me a little bit of that grit, but also effectively being able to communicate,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: Um, and communicate in times when the pressure's on, right? And when you're tired, when you're sore, right? Some of the things that come with sports, they also come with business, right? That just mm-hmm. fatigue. I think the other thing that really helped was West Point. You know, I went to a leadership institution, right? For college. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: we learned to be what we call a servant leader. And that's something that we, you know, are taught throughout the army, throughout you know all of the armed forces. But when you're preparing to lead troops in battle, right, and in war, you know that you have to serve their needs, right? You're you're mm-hmm. looking to care for them while trying to accomplish the mission to make the country safer. So I, I think I picked up a lot of tips from from West Point for sure. And then the third I would say is, you know, I've had incredible mentors, but but one I'll give a huge shout out to, which was. At Procter and Gamble, Bob McDonald, who ended up being the CEO of P&G, was my mentor for for several years, and so I got to watch firsthand what a CEO was mm-hmm. at that level. And so I'm I'm far from that level, <laughs> you know. Hopefully, I'll, I'll get there one day. But, but I close. think being able to being able to see it though at at that level, you know, you understand that there was no way that he could run 300 brands, mm-hmm. right? He wasn't he wasn't he was leading. Right. And setting the vision and the objectives and and effectively communicating externally to
2: Mm -hmm. drive
1: shareholder value. But he wasn't overstepping people. Right. And trying to do their jobs because there's no way that he could do that. Right. It was too big. And Mm -hmm. so when I when I could see that, I you know, I try to apply that in my work on on a much smaller scale. But it's like I can't do all of the jobs. Right. You know, at, at this point now, there's probably 20 or so employees across. I can't do everybody's job. Mm-hmm. There, there's no way. Right. And we, we I think I have nine open roles now. So let's say we grow to 30 by the end of the year. Wait a minute. There's no is, way I could do wait, 30. Wait, roles.
0: Let me do a call out. So I need everybody to go to Venture Noir Infinite Look Supply Factory. Keenan is currently hiring. So if you were blessed to hear my voice, there are job opportunities for you. This man is hiring people. So please go and visit. And I'll drop all of those details in the description for this episode as you were.
1: I appreciate that. Look, we need, we need that one. So we are looking for you. So thank you for that. Um, (laughs) but you know, given that I know that I can't do all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to do is ensure that I am helping people with priorities, right? Where to place their energy because their time, right? Is one of the most critical resources of the organization. Mm -hmm. So as the CEO, my job is to protect, preserve. Right. And best utilize our resources. So that includes people's time. So if they're, if they're facing a roadblock, then my job is to help get them through that. Mm-hmm. Right. If they are overwhelmed because they're not sure which thing to focus on, I can start to help set some guidance on that through obviously the vision, but pragmatically, what are the steps required to accomplish that vision? That then sets the focus and the priorities of the organization. So that's how you can start to lead. You know, tens of people, hundreds of people, eventually thousands of people. When you're, you know, leading some of these amazing organizations like P and G and Walmart and others.
0: So you you actually have had some really strong figures on this journey to becoming a CEO, and I I think you're super blessed to have had that because, uh, you know, we've had conversations before about all the varying types of CEOs that are out there, and you really have had a strong circle of support. It's noticeable when anybody comes around you, anytime anybody talks to you, there is just some wisdom that you were really fortunate that you can, or we're really fortunate that you can offer and give to us in terms of support, as well as encouragement. I mean, we talk all the time and you always say, I just need to know how I can help. And I think that's something that stays with me because I'm one of those people that don't know how to ask for help. And you encourage me every day to, you know, to say what it is that I need. So you actually do walk the talk. And I just wanted to say thank you for that. So let's talk about um, this term that we hear so much about imposter syndrome. So, I mean, have you ever experienced this? And if so, what if what did you personally do to combat it?
1: I babble it all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not immune to it. Uh, I, I think especially within the, the black community and the black and brown community we're faced with it so much because we we see things online. And what we're seeing is the end result. You know, some people call it the highlight reel, but I'll just call it the end result of someone's effort, right? And hard work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people aren't sharing the journey or the process. So, yeah. you know, that's why we're doing what we're doing at Venture Noir is to, you know, kind of peel back the onion, right? And, and open the curtain so people can see, mm-hmm. you know, what the process is, right? How people achieve some of these things. But, you know, other than that, you know, I look at sometimes I'll see success or see some things and I want to put myself there, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe too soon. And what I tend to battle is what's my rationale for doing things, Mm -hmm. right? Am I doing it to impress someone or am I doing it to satisfy my vision, my mission, or what I feel is my purpose? So that's kind of a a question that I ask myself off.
0: Okay. So you're looking in the mirror quite frequently and I I mean, it's a, it's a great metaphor for that, but I think that's what you do. You look back at yourself and check in, you know, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I staying true Every to time. Kenan's mission?
1: Yeah, I got you. Look, I'll give a, I'll give a really cheesy example, but I just gave it on a, on another podcast. So I'm not, you know, uh, I can embarrass myself. I'm a new dad, so my pride is gone anyway. You know what I used to have, I've, I've purchased now in my life, you know, two G-wagons, right? Mercedes G-wagons. And they're, they're beautiful cars, right? But they're... Way too expensive and no one really needs it. Like we're not driving tanks and I'm not going on safaris. No sand dunes around you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's a it's a pretty unnecessary vehicle, right? But it's it's a fancy vehicle and it makes you feel good because people are impressed by it, right? You drive Mm -hmm. around and folks are honking and giving you the wave, right? And all this stuff. And it feeds your ego, but it's impressing other people. Look, I had two of those. Now, Emma, you know I'm six three. Two hundred and seventy pounds. I got no business in a in a little G wagon. Like they are just not comfortable, right? So for years, I've been uncomfortable. Just pause
0: because let me tell you, there. I, when I knew what Keenan drove, I was just like, okay, I'm a big car person, so I just kept going. Okay, so the seat is fairly narrow. There aren't a lot of gadgets on the inside of a G wagon. I'm like, this man is in somebody else's seat if they're riding in a, as a passenger. So. <laughs> I'm, so <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up and I didn't have to in front of right. you because you know I will but that good. I mean I think that's a really good point you know how many of these things are we doing for everybody else versus me and so that's the practicality yep. and the purchase is what you just pointed out like you know when I actually yeah again yeah. yeah go ahead
1: you know those are the things that I evaluate right so I'm I'm not ashamed to to admit that you know that was that was imposter syndrome right mm-hmm. I was wanting to a- appear and impress folks. And it wasn't fueling my mission. It wasn't driving my purpose, right? It wasn't making me even feel good. In fact, I was uncomfortable <laughs> in the car. Right. So I think, you know, a lot of us do that on various scales, right? With with various things. But I think it's a great exercise to evaluate where you're spending your time, where you're spending your money. And is that fueling? Is it driving? Right? Is it helping you accomplish your mission? Is it something that you are doing for yourself? Or is it for others? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of that self-care journey, right, that we all go through, because I think imposter syndrome is one of those things that impact our mental health. Mm. Right. And that that is about ourselves. So that's why I spend a lot of time addressing those things.
0: Well, I think you're on the path to figuring that part of it out. And I don't think you're an imposter by any means. So um, keep up the good work, constantly check in with yourself. And I'm glad you got out of the G-Wagon. So even though you hadn't really been a CEO like a super long time and it's still a young journey for you, talk to me about this legacy you're creating. And I had an opportunity last time I was out and we talked about this legacy that you're building. And I mean, there's an empire actually being built. So what you guys don't know, there are a host of things that Keenan does. And I want to know, you know, what are you thinking this legacy looks like for you? What are you leaving behind? Yeah, I mean, I I think
1: Again for me my mantra has been around normalized black excellence because mm-hmm. I think I'm a part of a lot of other folks legacy right you know we call it at West Point the long gray line but when you you know dive into that and you look at a lot of the the african american or black graduates there hasn't been a ton right you're mm-hmm. talking about under 4000 or so in 200 plus years so there's not a lot of us but when you look back at that group you know you have folks that are coming out of slavery and, and going into the, the world's preeminent institution
2: mm-hmm. with
1: no support, no one talking to them, right? The abuse that they dealt with. And these individuals were not only graduates, they became scholars, they were playwrights, they were leading engineers, they were inventors, right? These were some amazing individuals. And that is in our DNA,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So for me, excellence is in the DNA. So what I'm doing is I'm just trying to live up to The standards that they set, and I think in doing that, I want to also publicize it, right? I also want to talk about it because I think what's happened too much within the Black community and the Brown community as well is the greatness is hidden or it's you know looked at as an anomaly. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we should expect greatness. Yeah. And so I expect it out of myself. You know very well. I expect it out of everyone that that I encounter Mm -hmm. because that's what I see. I see our potential. Mm And so my job is to live up to that and also to then inspire others to live up to that. But to know that their potential is limitless, right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's far beyond sometimes what we even see or, or believe. So, you know, that comes through exposure, right? That comes through, you know, someone kind of speaking confidence into you. A lot of times that comes from God. But, you know, that's part of my legacy, right, is to, to share, to not only become my greatest version of myself, but to inspire others to be that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think if I do that, I feel really good about about my time spent here on Earth.
0: That is impressive. I mean, and you aren't just doing it for you. This is really about lifting up an entire population of people. And I think that's something that should be admired by all. It's like not too many people strive every day to help lift up everybody else as much as themselves. And you really are looking around you to your left and right, front and back and going, you know, you too, everybody gets to come along.
1: And I think, well, you know, we're, we're lucky that we have digital, right? We have this thing called the internet now. Yeah. You know, I, I always imagine like, you know, what would Martin Luther King have done if he had a Twitter account, Man. you know, like that stuff, that stuff is incredible Quote to think of about, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, so, so for me, it's, you know, I think I'm fortunate to be around folks like you and, and the work that we're doing because we're okay. Like I, I'm okay. If I inspire one person,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know i don't have this ambition right or this thought that i'm going to touch everyone in in the world right but i think if we can inspire one person and that person can inspire one right mm-hmm. we have this trickle effect and i yeah. think what we're now able to do is leverage the internet and these digital channels to create scale right so we can take that one-on-one impact like you're doing with this series right and we can have a conversation but you can now share this conversation with millions oh yeah right that scalability that impact wasn't there before so i think we're we're in a very privileged time you know to be able to do that
0: Okay. Quick shift. So <laughs> Keenan's catalog looks like a number of things. We have infinite looks. We have Kakua. We have venture noir. Talk to me about those synergies across all those different programs, platforms, products that you see, because you do look at things singularly. And when I talk to you, I never think of them separately. I always think of one, one thing. You're kind of like the North Star for all these things. So. Talk to me about yeah. you and how all of this works for you.
1: I think the synergy and the thread that probably runs through all of it is looking at and unpacking and taking advantage of the influence of black culture. And so my goal has always been, well, let's even take a step back. Data shows that black consumers, right and black, the black community influences the world, right? And mm-hmm. so when I say black, I'm talking black Americans specifically. So descendants of slavery, here in the United States, by and large, impact and influence the world across a number of categories. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is not just music and arts, this is in consumption patterns, fashion, trends, language, right? The list goes on and on. Now even in body composition,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: even when you look at it from that standpoint, uh, right? So the, the yeah. influence, the influence is well known and well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I had all you know to ask myself is. Well, with all that influence, why do we sit at the bottom from a wealth standpoint, right? So so there's, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect because mm-hmm. typically where there's influence, there's wealth.
0: There's wealth, yeah. Uh,
1: right. And so all of these entities that I'm looking at is I'm looking at where do we have influence and how can we leverage that influence to create wealth?
2: Mm-hmm. And so that
1: is not only through Venture Noir, that is also through the products that we create. So that's really the thread that you'll look at across all the businesses. I am not just trying to serve exclusively. The black community, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that gets people in trouble, at, you know, at times from a product development standpoint, mm-hmm. but I am using the black consumer or influencer as my design target for everything mm-hmm. that I create. So infinite looks is a athleisure or an active hair care brand. So I'm looking at the influence, right. And, and the, the journey of the black woman and how she treats her hair as she is, you know, now leading a more active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. When I look at Kakua, right, that was about a range of CBD products that were influencing, right, how it can impact the lives positively of the Black consumer, right? Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on, right? That's that's the approach that I take with all of the brands. And it's also the same thing with Venture Noir, right? We have incredible influence. So how do we then put resources around some of these creators,
2: mm-hmm. right,
1: these inventors, so that they can create scale?
0: Yeah, I couldn't have put it any better, but you are taking the black experience and figured out how to bottle it up for the consumption and for the benefit of black people. And I think that's amazing because not enough of that happens. I am getting ready to hit you, Kenan, with the uh, question roulette, which you would have not been prepared for. (laughs) And so so question number one, and this is actually something I want to know, because I'm probably going to try to do this in person when next time I visit. So. What would you do in a talent show?
1: Oh, I'd have to do spoken word all day.
0: There's no dancing in you whatsoever.
1: I mean, you know, I don't think anybody want to see me dance. So I, I have to I have to do a little spoken word, make it a little rap, you know. OK,
0: it's taking it <laughs> back to 1990s Love Jones movies, so it's fine.
1: Hey, hey, you know, that's my favorite movie. So absolutely. It
0: makes perfect <laughs> sense. Then I just grabbed that one out of the bag. But that makes perfect sense. OK, all right. What is the most embarrassing thing you said to another person?
1: well, I mean it was probably recent i mean i have a i have a six week old so you know let's just say I wasn't changing her properly and I was in the wrong position so uh, <laughs> let's just say i caught i i was on the wrong side of a a bit of an explosion <laughs> um, so that that story was told uh Actually, yesterday. So just, that's that's probably to date the most embarrassing.
0: You've just been baptized. You know, you just I did. that's what happened. I did. You're officially a parent. Congratulations. You got it.
1: <laughs>
2: thank you. <laughs> <That's> thank you.
0: <laughs> All right. Last question. What's the strangest thing that you've asked someone to do?
1: And it's, that's a great question.
0: Cause you know, there's those days where you just call somebody and you're like, Hey, I just need you to pick this up. No questions or read this. And the person's like, okay, six words missing from this string of thought. I don't know what this is. What do you got?
1: You know, I, I ask people stuff so much every day, but I, I will say one of one of probably the most random things is I, I called one of my best friends and, um, I was headed out to Columbia and I just said, Hey, do you have a passport? Can you come with me? And he just didn't understand why. And I, and I said, honestly, I just need a little bit of security, right? There's a language barrier and I need somebody to watch my back and watch the room yeah. while I'm trying to negotiate in Spanish, <laughs> which is not my my core language. Yeah. So he was pretty thrown back <laughs> on that one, but he came. So, and, and it was really helpful.
0: Guys, that's a friend. That is true friendship <laughs> when you will drop what you're doing and just pick up your passport because that's what he asked this man to do. Just take the passport. Two
1: days Two days notice, and he is a father of two. So oh. that was um, that was a very big ass so You actually, put him in yeah.
0: imminent danger too.
1: Uh, hey, thank you, Aaron Alexander. <laughs> I appreciate you, sir.
0: All right. So what you guys can't see, but what I do know is that Keenan is uh quite the fashionista and quite fashion forward. And so like I, I usually close out these podcasts asking people like what books you read and podcasts. I need to know what shoes you're wearing today. So that's my question for Kanan.
1: I'm actually wearing some slides today. See, you uh, let, me down. So,
2: you let but, me down. But
1: you know what? They're still probably the swaggiest Japanese slides that you will see. So they are still pretty damn cool. They are pretty uh, dope. But, I haven't but seen a, Shikoki, Wait, yeah, it, a slide it,
0: angle. I think is that navy red and like a khaki color.
2: Oh,
1: that's pretty. That, is, that is. Yeah, that, that's uh, three shades of pink and purple in there. But... So I, you know, look, there's still some really good, you know, pretty fly slides.
2: But
0: (laughs) so, okay, last couple questions. All right. Who are you following currently on social media? And you got a huge list of people that you follow. So give me like your top three influencers right now.
1: You know, I I don't follow a ton of folks outside of like my friends. I I, I do follow some accounts, meaning, um, you know, media pages, et cetera. But I really like the stuff that Rashawn Williams is posting about venture capital. Mm hmm. So I'm enjoying his content. I'm really enjoying Richelieu Dennis's content right now and the work that he's doing with New Voices Fund. I think it's been incredible. And, you know, I'm following you, you know, that's, know. that's also uh, yeah. in, in your journeys. You've been you've been putting out some really good stuff. I'm I'm living through your vacation. It's forever.
0: a limited edition. So that comes out sporadically. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to ever have a cadence to it. Um, thank you for following me, Keenan. I feel important because of that. <laughs> and then... Last but not least, because you are a new parent, I am super interested in what books or what like podcasts or what's your habit to do to prepare for this journey or did you just leave it all up to God and just pray about it?
1: You know what? I'm leaving it up to God and thankfully, my partner is uh, far better than me oh, and really down. yep. yeah, so Chev, I'm I'm really doing a great job of following her lead right now. Um, wait, wait, wait! Because uh, that
0: just meant that you can also lead, but you also understand the importance of following, and I think that's a, that's important. That just follows.
1: Great leaders better follow. I learned that early on at West Point. But you know, I think the um, I can't I can't remember the the gentleman's name, but he created the snoo that bassinet that kind of rocks yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm I've actually just finished watching. He had like an hour long video segment that talks about how to like properly swaddle your baby and you know, the five S's and how to get them to calm down and stop crying. That is like game changer. So I'm pissed at myself for not remembering his <laughs> name, but he's the one holding it down for me right now. That's, that's the content I'm consuming.
0: I'm enjoying the uh, switching and in content. You know, you went from all of these amazing names to talking about the, you know, this tool that helps you to, you know, what is it? What do you do when you rock your baby to sleep? The snoo. The snoo, Yeah. 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 I just kind of winged that whole thing. I've I luckily have a kid that can walk and talk and is able to get Oof. through all of his assignments on his own. So, you know, good luck. It's gonna be a great journey. She's gonna be Dr. Happy-
1: Carp. Dr. Okay. Carp. That's
2: his name.
0: You're you're growing a really dynamic person. I cannot wait until the talking starts because that'll be your next podcast interview. I just need to <laughs> I need to know what words are coming out. Anyway, guys. Oh, boy. This has been a great episode. Keenan, my friend, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for all those lessons that you shared. There's some real gems today. Keenan? not only leads, he follows and he understands what it is to be a team player. And I can appreciate all those things. So Keenan, thank you so much for joining us today on Raising a CEO. Thank you. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. You can learn more about Sunday to Sunday and the other innovative products Keenan is involved with at MySundayToSunday.com. Remember, that's the number two, MySundayToSunday.com. You can also connect with Keenan at LinkedIn. Look for Keenan Beasley. Guys, big smile, bright face. You can't miss him. Find more episodes of Raising a CEO on all of your favorite platforms and follow us on LinkedIn at Raising a CEO. We again want to say sp- Special thanks to all of our sponsors, Venture Noir and High Ground Hairspace. And until next time, guys, don't forget to water yourself, put some fertilizer on and keep growing.